0: I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Mr. Jonathan Baylor will join us to discuss the Set Point Diet. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Welcome back to the Crocs Science Show. Well, your body fights to keep you within a range of about 15 pounds, known as your set point, and research reveals that you can lower your set point and end that battle for good by focusing on the quality of calories you eat. And joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. Jonathan Baylor. Mr. Baylor has pioneered the field of wellness engineering and is founder and CEO of his company, Sane Solution. He's author of the New York Times bestseller, The Calorie Myth, and his latest release, The Set Point Diet, the 21-day program. To permanently change what your body wants to weigh, explores this topic for a general audience. And Mr. Bailer, very pleased to have you today on the Grox Science Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. So what led you to write the book? Goes back to high school. It's been a long journey, but I always struggled to gain weight. I wanted to be a professional athlete and just couldn't gain weight necessary to do that while simultaneously at that time I was a personal trainer trying to help my clients lose weight. And I couldn't wrap my head around how I could eat literally 6,000 calories per day, be less active than these individuals, not gain weight while putting them on 1,200 calorie per day diets, and they not lose weight. And that really dictated the next 20 years of my life.
0: I mean, it's a conundrum that a lot of people face, probably probably not the one you face, but what is it then that uh, determines our weight if it's not uh, the calories?
1: It is really ironic, right? I mean, we, we, we laugh because we live in a, a country which is not a laughing matter at all. 70% of us are struggling with chronic overweight and obesity, which is a debilitating disease that leads to diabetes and diabetes, so on and so forth. But there is a segment of our population, which are these individuals who we may subconsciously resent, <laughs> called naturally thin people. And no one's ever asked the question, like, how is that possible? How is it possible that a human body can eat as much as it wants, whenever it wants, And not gain weight. And that's, you know, fundamentally what we're exploring here. And what we found is that there are characteristic differences, just consistent differences in the brain, gut and hormones of naturally thin people than individuals who are not as fortunate. And we see that by changing the quality of what we eat we can make the brain, gut, and hormones of non-naturally thin people behave more like those of a naturally thin person.
0: What are sort of the fundamental elements of of this that uh, we're trying to change?
1: It is revolutionary, right? Because we've been told for the past 40 years that we just need to eat less. But you and I both know that if you just put less gasoline or more gasoline into your car, that doesn't change how your car runs. Now, if you put Kerosene in your car's gas tank, the quality of the fuel, that will certainly change how your car runs. Or premium fuel versus standard fuel, right? We know that systems change based on the quality of inputs, not quantity. And what we see, for example, very concretely is if you look at MSG, for example, which is a common food additive, that when you take MSG and give it to a human, specific parts of their brain become inflamed which dysregulates or, or compromises their ability to control their appetite. Whereas when you feed a human being omega-3 fatty acids, these are found in seafood, we can reduce that inflammation in the brain and allow an individual to easily control their appetite. So if someone were to say to someone who struggles with their weight, you know, you just need to eat less and exercise more, they're not dealing with one of the root causes with that individual has inflammation in their brain which precludes them, it physically prevents them from having the appropriate and healthy appetite signal.
0: So targeting the types of foods we eat then can help lower this inflammation that's going on.
1: That's exactly right. When we when we eat specific types of foods, we call these sane foods. SANE is an acronym we can get into we reduce, we measurably reduce the inflammation in our brain. We re-regulate the microbiota in our digestive system, and we change the balance of the hormones circulating in our body, and things like cravings, things like chronic hunger, and things like just a general predisposition to store calories rather than burn them, these flip, these change. And it sounds like science fiction, but it's really just a fact, because we've all seen, for example, maybe when we were teenagers, we noticed that our bodies reacted to food much differently than in our fourth, fifth, or sixth decade. This is not something we're imagining. We didn't become lazy or stupid with old age. We simply have changes in the way our brain works, in the way our gut works, in the way our hormones work. And by eating the right quality or sane foods, we can reverse those, lower our set point, and have a body more like the body of a naturally thin person.
0: So tell us about the acronym SANE.
1: SANE stands for the four factors that determine the quality of calories, it's what, you know, say eat healthy foods is not particularly helpful because if you ask 10 people what's healthy, you're going to get 10 different answers, right? This week, eggs are healthy. The next week, they're going to kill you. And it's very confusing. So what we did is we worked for over 15 years with top researchers all around the world, the Harvard Medical School, Johns Hopkins, UCLA, Mayo Clinic, so on and so forth, to develop an objective criteria to evaluate what makes one calorie high quality and another calorie low quality. Those factors are satiety, how quickly a calorie fills you up, how long it keeps you full. For example, there's foods like Pringles, which explicitly advertise, once you pop, you can't stop. They're telling us when you eat these calories, not only will you not feel satisfied, but you will feel less satisfied. You'll crave more Pringles. So we want to eat high satiety calories, that's the S. The A is aggression, This is somewhat similar to glycemic index or glycemic load where it measures the hormonal response that certain calories cause in our body. We all know, for example, that eating a lot of sugar is going to have a different impact on the hormone insulin than eating vegetables. Certain calories cause a more aggressive hormonal response than other calories. The N is nutrition. This is how many essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids the food provides. We definitely know, right, that 300 calories of salmon and Brussels sprouts and avocados does not provide the same nutrition as 300 calories of a Happy Meal, but calorie counters would tell you still 300 calories. But we know, you and I know, all the listeners know, those calories vary dramatically in the nutrition, so that's S-A-N. The E is efficiency. This is how readily the body can store the calories or efficiently can store the calories as fat. Certain calories such as protein are physically impossible for the body to store as fat. There's a tremendous number of inefficient biological conversions that have to happen before that takes place. So if our goal is fat loss, eating less efficient calories will help us. So we wanna eat satisfying, unaggressive, nutritious and inefficient, sane calories which may sound confusing, but we can really simplify it into four food groups. Non-starchy vegetables, nutrient-dense protein, whole food fats, and low fructose fruits in that order are the sanest foods on the planet. Reduce inflammation in your brain, fix your gut, fix your hormones, and drop your set point.
0: Sounds like something like a salmon salad. With, I think would be great, huh?
1: Absolutely. And it's cool because we all eat sanely sometimes. Right. We, we, we all do. I mean, even a burger has sane elements, the vegetables, the meats, just bunless. Right. We, when you go out to an Asian restaurant, you're just getting more vegetables rather than rice or noodles. We all eat sanely. Sometimes it's just about eating more sane foods, so many sane foods that you're too full for insane foods. So you're not eating less. You're actually eating more, just smarter.
0: It, it kind of makes sense in many ways that I think a lot of people know about the types of good foods they should have. But is there a reason why
1: queued away from sane foods? The reason we're queued away from this inherently intuitive message of eat more high quality foods is because that's not profitable for food manufacturers, right? If, I, if we come out and say that there are objectively high quality foods that heal you, and there are objectively low quality foods that cause you to become obese and diabetic, then the idea of everything in moderation, including frosted flakes and all this, you know, soda in moderation goes away. And the 90, you know, kajillion dollar food industry says, oh, shoot, we can't just say eat our foods in moderation and exercise more. Rather, we have to say our quote-unquote food is much more analogous to cigarettes, meaning they cause meaningful damage to your body that exercise doesn't reverse, and that's really bad for business. So that's why we don't hear that message very often. How can
0: we then plan our meals sanely in an insane world?
1: Very well put. I would recommend thinking just in terms of a plate, because that's usually what many of us eat off of. And you always just want to be on the lookout for what you want more of. That applies to life in general, right? So if you focus on what you want more of, rather than what you want less of, modern psychology tells us you'll get better results. So I want you to think about non-starchy vegetables. I want you to think about vegetables that could be eaten raw. You do not have to eat them raw, but they could be eaten raw. For example, corn and potatoes cannot be eaten raw. They're not vegetables, they're starches. So think of things that could be eaten raw that are plants. I want you to try to fill half your plate with those things. And I bet there's already some that you like, right? If you don't like Brussels sprouts, don't eat Brussels sprouts. If you like broccoli, eat broccoli. I don't care how you prepare it. I just want you to get it into your body. And then think of nutrient-dense proteins. Think of things that you like eating already, humanely raised meats, wild-caught seafood, ideally low-mercury seafood, certain forms of dairy products that are low in sugar. And then think about nuts and seeds, whole food fats, and low sugar fruits, think berries and citrus. Again, foods we all love, we just need to eat more of them and less of the insane nonsense.
0: what about exercise? How does how do the two play together, especially planning our lifestyle?
1: The good news is that much like eating, exercise is about quality. And the beautiful thing is much like eating, the, the good news is it's not about eating less, it's not about being hungry, it's about eating more, but of high quality food. The research shows us, ironically, that it is about exercising less, but with higher quality. For example, very slow, safe resistance training. This has been shown to have a tremendous impact on our hormonal balance, because remember, it's not about starving ourselves, it's about healing ourselves. So by doing things like slow, smart resistance training for you know, 10 to 20 minutes per week using big muscle groups in a very safe and controlled way, we can cause a hormonal change in our body that no amount of chronic, traditional, boring cardiovascular exercise could ever do. Distance training of marathon running. That's exactly right. In fact, long-distance marathon running, ironically, can worsen the hormonal dysregulation that elevates our set point.
0: When people are trying to implement this, you, you have in your book, the 21-day uh, set point solution, some advice for people you know, trying to change their diet, change their lifestyle.
1: The number one thing that you can do, if you want the simplest, like just do this one thing, is I would say fall in love with what we call sane green smoothies, which is, again, kind of, I want you to add something. I want you to eat more of something because when you make a sane green smoothie, this is something that has green leafy vegetables in it, like spinach, or maybe not romaine lettuce now, because there's some issues going on with that. <laughs> but spinach is a good starting point. Put some spinach in your blender, put some low sugar fruits like oranges or berries, put some nutrient-dense protein, like maybe a low-sugar whey protein powder or some pasteurized egg whites, put some cinnamon in there, blend it up, and if possible, drink one to three of those per day. And you say, well, what? This isn't a book about smoothies. I I get that. But what's going to happen is by flooding your body with an abundance of non-starchy vegetables, nutrient-dense protein, whole food fats, you will become too full for insane food. You will full yourself Pun intended into lowering your set point. And when you see how simple that is, when you see how empowering that is, when you see how your cravings for sugar go away, it's one thing for me to tell you to stop eating sugar. And all that's going to do is hyper focus your brain on sugar. It's like telling a child, no, you can't have that toy, right? They're just going to want more of that toy. But if we can get you a therapeutic dose of, say, nutrition that changes the foods you crave and changes the foods you want, then you're going to say, well, where else can I get non-starchy vegetables? Where else can I get nutrient-dense protein? Where else can I get whole food fats? Where else can I get low fructose fruits? And when you want, when your body craves set point lowering foods, this is no longer a diet. It's a way you love living. And that's when your life changes.
0: Have some final words regarding the set point diet.
1: I would just strongly encourage everyone to remember that you are of the highest quality. And because of that, you deserve the highest quality. Starvation will never heal you. It will only deprive you. So focus on eating more, but smarter, lower your set point and enjoy what it feels like to be naturally slim.
0: We were just talking to Mr. Jonathan Baylor, his new book, The Set Point Diet, the 21-day program to permanently change what your body wants to weigh. And uh, Mr. Baylor, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.